Well, good morning, everyone. want to welcome you to church, those of you watching online. And as we begin, I just would like to bring our, our hearts and minds to focus on the Lord in prayer. Prayer is talking to God. He likes to hear <coughs> from his children. And, and uh, today, we want to just stop and also just remember. Um, you remember back in November, October, we were buying little stars, and we shipped these stars off to to Russia and the Ukraine, and they were given to children this on January 6th on the Orthodox Christmas, and they were told the story of Jesus and how God sent his son in love to be our savior. And, and those children that have a star with your name on it, some of them in the Ukraine, today are probably on the move somewhere, or they have, have brought people into their home because people are, are moving, and we all know the conflict there, and... Um, I've spent time in Russia, not in Ukraine. I'm Ukrainian, my heritage, but I just want you to know the, the Russian believers are never a part of these type of things. They, there's a real solidarity in, in the, between the, the believers of Russia and the Ukraine, and so I'm sure there's a lot of prayer and support. You know, I just understand like that, you know, what's going on is, is the top-level people making decisions, but, but the average Russian that, that Lisa and I spent time with, my family spent time with, uh, are, are not a part of this, and then, you know... It's a horrific situation, and so we want to pray for them uh, and um, for the church there and for the aid groups and the Christian organizations that are getting support in there. And understanding that there are places around the world that are experiencing the same thing that aren't getting this media attention, right? In Africa, in Asia, in the Middle East, there, there's stuff like this going on. Now, maybe not on a whole-scale war, but where Christians are feeling pressure and persecution and imprisonment, and that's happening all over our world, and we just want to be aware of that and be thinking about that and be praying for that. And so as we come to God's word this morning, would you join me in prayer as we just pray for our brothers and sisters around the world, but specifically in the Ukraine today. Father, we read in your word about the nations raging against you and how you are the sovereign king, the absolute ruler of this earth, the creator, the, the sustainer, and today we look to you for your assistance for on behalf of our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine today that are being displaced, that are um, living in fear, that have uncertainty about their future. Lord, we, we pray that you would encourage their hearts with your presence and with your word today, Lord. Strengthen the church in the Ukraine and in the surrounding areas that they might minister to those in need. And I pray that the gospel would go forth strongly. And I I heard reports of, of, you know, churches there saying, we're just going to keep sharing the good news, and Lord, we just pray for your encouragement to them. I pray that Samaritan's Purse and Slavic Gospel Association and other groups would be able to get in there with aid and with support for those that, that need help. I pray specifically, Lord, for the children, for the orphans, for the widows, those that are vulnerable, that you would carry them and provide them with a safe and a, a place to be and Oh, Lord, just may your will be done. I pray for peace, Lord. And I pray that for any area of conflict in our world, Christians in Afghanistan that are afraid today and in the Middle East, Christians in China and North Korea that uh, are, are always leaning on you as their whole source of support and strength, Lord. And, and across this world, Lord, you, your gospel and the truth of Jesus continues to spread in spite of the sin of leaders and of those that oppose it, Lord. So we pray for the, for the continual just um, ability to share the, the good news of Jesus across our world, and especially right now in, in the Ukraine. And 
And I do pray for an end to this conflict. Lord, as we come to your word, guide us. Lead us. Help us to understand what you're saying to us in this text this morning, that you might be glorified. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to support, if, if you just feel burned for that, uh, Slava Gospel is receiving funds. And they've already had a network with COVID. They had this network of distribution for humanitarian aid. And, and, and Zeno Samaritan's Purse also has a great distribution kind of network. And so these are good organizations. If you feel like, oh, I got to do something, that's, what, that's one thing you can do is support those two organizations. And they have the means of getting your, your, your donation right to the front lines. And so I'm thankful, you know, uh, I think it was a CBC reporter who said, you know, whenever there's a conflict or a crisis in the world and, and the reporters would show up, he's like, the Christians were always there first. It's like, it's just so irritating. You know, like there's, you know, there's, a, you know, refugees and all of a sudden there they are. There's Samaritan's Purse. There's some church and there's, you know, they're bringing in aid and support and setting up tents. And they're like, man, how did they beat us here? Well, it's because, you know, that God, God's working through them. And so that's, that's how it works. What happens when people plan and purpose without God? I mean, how do we get here? And, and what, what, what we find is, as we look at the book of Genesis, the story of history and of civilization starts with a perfect God, an eternal God, creating a perfect universe, creating people, a man and a woman in his own image. They're, 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 they're the, 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 the pinnacle of creation is this, is this creature called man and woman who have a unique capacity to relate to God that none of the rest of creation has. And there's this beautiful harmony between God and people and people and people. And that's the way God designed it. Live in relationship with me. Live in good relationship with each other. Live in harmony. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. It's going to be a wonderful thing. And this will be my eternal kingdom. Let's enjoy it together. Just don't eat from that one tree. And the story of Genesis is, uh, of course, Adam, God creates Adam and Eve. He creates marriage. He creates this relationship. He blesses it. He's like, yes, yeah, sex is a part of that. Family is a part of that. This is my, the, the fulcrum of society will be the family, a healthy family with a husband and a wife and children. That's the way I've designed it. If, if you just, you know, just keep doing this, it'll fill the earth and we'll see the kingdom expand. It'll be wonderful, beautiful. Just don't eat from that tree. And of course, Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve eat from the tree. They've crossed the boundary. They show that they don't trust God's word. They don't accept his will. They want what they think God's holding out for them. They don't think God is good or righteous or holy. They, they want what God has. And as a result, God kicks them out of the Garden of Eden. Death enters the world. And death is essentially the, the cessation of that, of that perfect relationship with God, which ultimately ends up in, in, in physical death, mortality. And sin does not only affect our, our, our bodies and the reality that eventually we, we perish, but it affects our relationships. And it affects even the physical creation. In Romans 8, it's like, you know, creation is groaning because of sin. And so we live in this world now. We don't live in the garden. I wish we did. We live in this world that's forever altered because of, of sin. And what happens when a bunch of sinful people get together? Well, Genesis chapter 6 tells us the, the horrific story of the flood, right? Like I talked about Noah's Ark being like something we put on about nurseries, but it's actually a, it's, it's like a horror story of, of what happens when sinful people get together, disregard God, disregard his laws, disregard the fact that we're created in the image of God and we should respect that image in one another. Violence, 
you know, sexual violence and all this stuff is going on. And God's like, I got to judge the earth. So he floods the earth, but he says, there is a way of salvation. There's a guy going to build a big boat. And if you get in the boat, you're good. And only Noah and his family get in the boat. And they're saved. God shuts the door. Shook. I've made a way. There's one way. There's one access to the ark. That's, that's, that's the door. I shut the door. And when, when, when that's shut, then that's it. And, and that's who survives the flood. And then after the flood, Noah and his family get out. They start to propagate. And pretty soon, there's a bunch of people on the earth again. God's dealt with sin. But did he really deal with sin? No, because sin lies in the human heart. He could destroy a bunch of sinful people and, and you know, reset the earth and all that stuff, but there's, this, there's still an internal problem. And so we find ourselves in chapter 11, kind of the end of what they call the primeval prologue, the beginning of the book of Genesis. Is, it covers a span of thousands of years, but there's all this history. But he said, he, here's the fourth big event of what happens when people plan and purpose without God. And it says in Genesis 11, verse 1, the whole earth had a common language and a common vocabulary. When people moved eastward, they found, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. Let me remind you, anytime someone's moving east in the book of Genesis, they're moving away from God. Genesis 9 verse 1 and 9 verse 7, God says, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Basically, get out there and populate it. And then what we find here in Genesis 11 is a bunch of people getting together, picking a location and says, yeah, let's settle there. Let's, let's build up our own little kingdom here. Let's establish a beachhead, a, a, a point of, of civilization and culture that will, will provide us stability and structure and security, what we need. I have a, a picture of a map here, just so you understand. You see Mount Ararat on the top there, there's Turkey, Iran, Iraq, Ararat is, is the place where the ark landed. And the people are supposed to spread out from there. Yeah, you know, someone go to Italy, someone go to Spain, someone go up to the Ukraine, and, you know, all around, you know. But, but what happens is they move down to Shinar, which you can see is kind of green there. That's what they call the Fertile Crescent. And, 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 and they're settling there. Here's the next map. You'll get a picture here, a little better, better picture here. So there it is, right? The Euphrates River, the Tigris River, Iraq. There they are, settling down, building up their kingdom, their their city, they're, they're going to they're gonna do something real big, really important. I'm, I'm showing you this so you understand. The Bible is full of real stories. These are not myths or fables. This actually happened. In a real place, in a real location, there's archaeological evidence. Not that I need that. I, by faith, I believe this to be true, but, but there is. So, so we're not just talking about, like, you know, the, the land of Nod or some, you know, epic, you know, Tolkien story. This is real life. The people have gotten off the ark. They're supposed to be spreading out and, you know, filling the earth, but they're gathering together in the plain of Shinar in Iraq, in Babylon, and look what it says in verse 3. They said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick instead of stone and tar instead of mortar. They get to the plain of Shinar. And, of course, that little 
bracketed pieces because they're writing to the Israelites. The Israelites living in Israel had lots of rock. They would go to a quarry, they would quarry stones, and they would build out a rock. They could use brick as well, but it wasn't, it wasn't as necessary as, or as common in Israel. So, so they're trying to explain. There, there's no quarry nearby. There's a bunch of red mud. And they have determined and discovered that by using technology, they can turn this mud into hardened brick. They, they, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, The, the Brick Layer. It's kind of in the south there, this guy that makes bricks with his donkey. It's, kind of, it's a great little, nice little family story. But it's an interesting story because they take this mud and then they, they put this mud in type of, into this big fire area, this kiln, and then they fire up the kiln and those bricks all get hardened, boom, and ding, ding, ding. And you could hear the sound as they clink together. And, and so here they figure this out. My personal belief is that God created man and woman with this incredible intelligence and capacity for, for technology and, and information and understanding. If you look through the ancient world, you find just astounding feats of, of physical science and of construction and architecture. Like, how do they do that? They didn't have a crane. They didn't have, you know, big moving equipment. How do they do it? Well, they just were really smart. It, they weren't cavemen that, you know, were grunting at each other like you see in some of the commercials. You know, like, that was not what happened. Um, so here they are. They're, they're, okay, we made bricks. Ding, ding, ding. Let's do something with these bricks. You see that in verse 4. They said, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. And we can just hold there. They're planning. They're scheming. They're like, you know what, we, we got to do something here. And, and what, you, what you find is that there is no reference to God or, or even acknowledgement of God in this. But they're just like, we gotta, we're going to figure this out ourselves. I mean, this was some of my issues with COVID was all the people in power. I didn't hear anyone saying, hey, maybe we should ask the churches to pray for us. We're doing our best, but we may not have all the answers. Maybe you guys could help us out by praying instead of just shutting our doors and prisoning our pastors. Maybe they should have asked us to pray. We could have served the government and the country a lot better by, by if they would have just asked us. What happens when people scheme without God? Let's make a name for ourselves. Because, and then the, the, the end part of the verse says this, in the last, otherwise we'll be scattered across the face of the entire earth. I mean, remember, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. I mean, that was God's will, right? Be like, oh, we don't want to have to fulfill God's will. We need to get together because they're worried. Because you know what? They all have this memory of what just happened in, in recent history. It's funny. If you go across the world, indigenous cultures have a flood narrative. It may not be all the biblical details, but it's amazing. You go all around the world, and there's these epic stories in different indigenous cultures of a flood. Some are, are, are local, some are, are national or worldwide, but it's just interesting, right? This, this story, this kind of this, this haunting memory of this, of this terrible disaster, and they're like, what happens? How can we, how can we pre prevent this disaster from occurring again? Let's get together. Let's build a tower. Let's get up high. Let's, we, we, we could perhaps escape a future flood, and, and we'll be safe, and we'll be secure, and we will have established our own security And you and I are all tempted, right, to just rely on your own self. You know, 
you want to get it done right, do it yourself, right? I mean, that's, let's be honest, right? You know, when you have to work with other people, oh, man, that's a pain in the neck, you know? And, you know, I was talking to someone this week about, you know, group projects. I mean, what a horrible thing, right? When you get together in a school and have to work with three or four people, and it's like the lowest common denominator defines the group, right? So it's like, ah. Oh. So if you want to, you know, bring them, you got to do all the work, right? And it's like, ah, oh, group projects. And my wife and I have talked about this, right? It doesn't matter what level. That could be at, you know, high, you know elementary, high school, college, graduate school. I mean, it's, it's all the same. Group projects are great in class that aren't unmarked. Interaction, dialogue, wonderful. But when it comes to that final project, let me have control. <laughs> I don't want to share that with anyone. But here they are, this group project. Let's do this. Because we got a, an imminent disaster, potentially, right in front of us. We don't want to be scattered. But God told them to scatter. But no, no, we, we've got a better idea than what God has. We're, we're going to do our own thing. And so, so I got some pictures here. There are some archaeological. So, so here's an artist's rendition, probably from a medievally influenced, because I, there's not, not, nothing in the period of time that they're building this that, that would... That would be like this, but this is a, a medieval sort of like, here's the tower getting built. It's substantial. It's huge. It draws attention from miles away, but here it is in its construction. I have another picture here. Uh, this is the ziggurat. This is one in Iran right now. Um, uh, this is kind of what they would build. They found numerous of the archaeological evidence for these existing across this area of Shinar. This is one from Iran. I have another picture here. This is the ziggurat of Ur. This is actually in Babylon. And the reason I like this one is because it has here this staircase that starts, and you can see the bricks, I don't know if you can tell, but the staircase goes up to the top. And that was the access point for the deity to make connection with humanity. And they would put like a little table, a little bed up there that God could come down, have a nap, and have breakfast, and then maybe come down and visit with you. And, and, and what it's doing, you, you see what it's doing? It's decreasing God to our size. Let's make God fit into my world. Dangerous. Dangerous. Of course, these kind of gods are much easier to manage than, than the God that created the earth by the word of his mouth. I mean, he's way too big and powerful and righteous that uh, we, you know, we can't contain him in our own minds. So, so let, let's, let's shrink him a little bit. We'll make a huge thing that will seem big to us, but how big is it to him? We'll find out in a moment. We need to create a place for God to come and meet with us. God doesn't need us to create a place for him to meet with us. But they're, they're like, let's just, you know, let's just shrink it down. This is the beginning of religion. We are going to make our way to God. Some of you may have grown up in religion where you tried and worked hard and did certain things, jumped through the hoops, said certain prayers, knelt at the right time, whatever it was, Make it to God. Some people don't even go to church, but they, were, they were grew up with the religion of, of just do goodism, right? As long as you're a good person and you do the right thing, join a service club and, you know, you know walk around and get money for the kidney foundation. I mean, you, you're going to make it. Just, just, just be really good. And, you know, and, and we're building our own little tower. As though God needs some kind of a landing point to, to land in our life. And so they, we got to create that for him. It was... The essence of self-sufficiency, of independence from God. It was basically kind of, you know, building a, a ceiling over your life and saying, I, I don't need to know if there's anything else beyond there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to limit my understanding of God to what I can produce myself. 
dangerous, scary, and not God's will. It wasn't the right thing. But I mean, I mean, who who builds towers and puts their name on them? I mean, is, is that the legacy you want? I mean, I have a picture here. Maybe you know, does this actually happen today? It does happen today, right? People building their own towers, their own legacy, and then that's okay. And we can move on from that. We don't need to leave that out there. That's not a political statement. But I'm just saying, your life does leave some type of legacy. You do have a namesake. These guys are like this. Ziggurat will be a, a, a perpetual memorial to our wisdom, our might, our religious you know, endeavors. What is your legacy? I mean, I've done a lot of funerals now and, and, and of all ages, and, and boy, there's different legacies out there. I mean, what is your legacy? I mean, is it going to be a, a plaque on, on, a, on a bench at Bud Miller at a park? Is, is that going to be your legacy? I mean, if you have more money, you know, it could be a, the wing of a, of a, of a hospital or, a, or of a gym of a school. I mean, is, is that your legacy? What is your legacy? How do you make a name for yourself? Deep down, you, you don't want to go through life and say, and, and just leave and, and have nothing, nothing to show for it, right? If you're a parent, your legacy is your children, your grandchildren. And how you invest in them is, is strategic to, to carrying on your name. The Bible's really clear about that. We have significant responsibility. If you're a parent, you're a grandparent. I, I, one dad was telling me about, about his son who goes to this church who's, who has two grandpas that, that actually engage with him spiritually on a regular basis. So I said, wow, that kid is richer than rich. Because I don't know many that have that. What a blessing that is. What is your legacy? You want to have a lot of people at your funeral? Then disciple people. Relationally connect with people. Invest your life in others. And you'll see the legacy show up at your funeral. Live a selfish life and people will come out of obligation or duty. But invest in care and love for people and they'll be calm because you left the legacy. And they will talk about you afterwards. And, and, and the, the, your name will carry on with, with a positive sense because, man, God worked through him to minister, or through her to minister to my life. You want a legacy. Uh, it's not going to be the toys you pass on to your kids, the, you know, the bonds that they inherit, the, the cash or whatever. Like, that's not the legacy. It's bigger than that. And we'll talk about that in a moment, but... Here they are, they've got this great plan, this great scheme, this construction is going, building is looking good, the engineers have got it all set up right, it's, it's wonderful. And then in verse 5, something happens. It says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people had started to build. Everyone in the whole area could see this huge tower going up, you know, and it was like, wow, have you heard what's going down in Shinar, you know, that, that town there? Wow, it's crazy. But then God looks down and he's like, oh, what is that? I can't, what is that? What is it? I, you know, he, he's like, I got to get down there to see it. It's so small, right? If you've ever been in Calgary, the Calgary Tower and the Encana Tower, like they're huge. When you walk down and they look up, whoo. Or if you go up the Calgary Tower, there's actually a, a glass part of the floor. You can stand on it and look down to the street. It's like, ooh, kind of makes you queasy. But then if you get in a plane and you fly over Calgary and you look down at the tower, all you see is a tiny little toothpick sticking up out of the ground. Dunk. God looks down at this tiny little speck of an anthill 
such a great testimony to human ingenuity. God just sees this little speck, and he has to come down, actually, because it's so small and insignificant that, that he can't hardly see it from heaven. He's got to get it real close because it's, it's such a pathetic, pitiful little thing. He sees it. And he inspects it. He's aware of it. Any scheme that people make outside of God, he's aware of. Sometimes you and I are uncomfortable with the evil in our world, and you think, does God care? And the the story reminds us God sees it all. And at some point he comes down and says, yeah, this isn't looking good. I need to do something here. You know, 1991, he came down to the Soviet Union and said, yeah, this, this thing has gone on long enough. Let's break it up. Let's free some of these republics. Let's allow democracy to come in. and Let's, let's bring the gospel into this country. And, and God did it. He can do it. He, just, just, he can do it. He has the capacity. But he sees, and it says in verse 6, the Lord said, if as one people all sharing a common language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be beyond them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language, verse 7. So they won't be able to understand each other. It's like, you know, and you wonder, okay, so this is where the beginning of languages comes, right? But you wonder, why, what does he mean? He's like, you know, if without me, humans make plans and and they can all work together and, and bring even more nefarious and despicable ideas together, the potential for evil is horrific. And I don't want to, I've made a promise. I'm not going to flood the earth. So I, I have to, I have to slow this down. So let's just confuse them. Got a picture here. There they are. You know, what's going on? Who's t- saying what? You know, the tower's not done. I got another picture here. There, there, here, here you go. This, this is like, hello, shalom, hola, privet, you know, konnichiwa, you know, whatever. whatever. There they are, you know, they're, no one, like, what's going on? This is a real serious sermon, so I had to bring in, you know, something a little more serious to kind of bring, bring focus here. So here's, here's another one right here. Unfortunately, the Babel roof crew was unaware that send the ladders now meant you goat sandal to the ladder crew. And there they are, no ladder. <laughs> They're looking down, where's the ladder? <laughs> and this is my, this one was kind of funny, you know. Rex could totally understand sit, but he knew that this Babel incident was his ticket away from all the dumb tricks. <laughs> it's my dog. She looks at me sometimes. I come here and she's looking at me. I know you, you know what I'm saying, you know, but there we go. This was his ticket away from all the dumb tricks. <laughs> They get to a certain point, and God's like, okay. I told you to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And so if I have to do this, I'm going to do this. Now, go fill the earth, and you're going you're gonna to speak different languages now, and, and that'll just be part of, of the development of culture and of society and of people. And so it says there in verse 8, the Lord scattered them from there across the face of the earth, entire earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why its name was called Babel, because the Lord had confused the language of the entire world, and from there the Lord scattered them across the face of the entire earth. So there's their legacy, Babel. Like it's just like, yeah, it, it, 
It's an onomatopoeia. It sounds like it. It's just blah, 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 you know, just, you know sputtering around. You know, this, this is life without God. We babble. We sputter. We, we come up with plans. We try to fix our, 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 our problems on our own, and we always fail. Always. How do you find security in our world? I mean, we all want that. Well, the Bible would indicate to us we can't find it on our own. Security does not come from getting the smartest people together in a room, the most educated, the most powerful, and letting them tell us all what we need to do. That's not, that is not it. And there are groups like that that are meeting right now as we speak. Our, the Prime Minister's right-hand woman is part of one of those groups. And so you understand, like, like this is going on, and it's gone on every generation, every century, every millennium. It's gone on all around the world. Let's fix our problems on our own without God's help, and we just keep getting into a deeper hole. God invites us to turn back to him. Religion doesn't get us there. Relationship does. And it's funny, right after the book, after this horrible story of this scattering of the nations, God shows up and invites a man named Abram to follow him. And the promise he makes to Abram in Genesis chapter 12 is, look, Abram, I will make your name great. The very thing these Babylites were trying to get God promises to Abram, look, just trust me. Leave your home, leave your country, leave your business, leave, your, you know, leave all that stuff, and I'll, I'll take you to a land you've never seen before with people you don't even know their language, but just trust me. Will you trust me? Abram gets up and he leaves. He trusts God. And by faith, Abram discovers a security, and it's not found in any of his physical comforts, but it's found in the relationship he has with God. So much so that he becomes the the type of faith throughout the whole Old Testament and even the New Testament. He's justified. He's made right with God by faith. Not by any actions, not by doing certain things, but it's by connecting with God in a meaningful relationship. What happens when people plan a purpose without God? Disaster. Division. Separation. Chaos. Confusion. Prejudice. Uh, stratification, uh, alienation, all this stuff. And then when God sends his son, he dies on the cross, he rises again, and then he tells him to wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. And the divine unifier comes into the hearts of those who believe in Jesus Christ and, and draws them together. The opposite of Babel. And they begin speaking in languages. Uh, and the, the book of Acts chapter 2 says, people from other regions, Jews that had been coming to Jerusalem to sacrifice, are hearing their native dialect in Jerusalem from Galileans. They didn't go to school to study Akkadian or, or Egyptian or whatever, like Spanish or Italian. But there they are proclaiming the good news and the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the glory of God in, a, in, their, in different languages. And suddenly in the Holy Spirit and in the church because of Jesus Christ, People are being brought together again. What does our world need? It needs Jesus. We don't need more groups getting together trying to figure out how to fix our problems. Educators have failed. Politicians have failed. Social workers have failed. Uh, Religious institutions, just religious institutions, have failed. Economical think tanks have failed. United Nations, for the trillions that have been invested over the years that it's been in existence, has failed to bring peace to our world. 
Who can bring peace? Jesus. Jesus. What happens when people plan a purpose with God? Disaster. So on a personal level, you're making plans. You're purposing. You're, you're, you're coming up with your... And you should make plans. And you should take steps, and you should use what God's given you for his glory. And if you, you're smart, go to school. If you've got good business acumen, start a business, make some money. Absolutely, but you know what? Just make sure he's part of your plan. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths or make your path straight, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He invites us, you know, just think, just welcome me into your planning session. We as a church are seeking to honor him. It's not anyone's will that gets chosen over another. It's like, what is your will first, Lord, and then guide us. And as a family, say, Lord, what is your will for our family? As a young person, Lord, what is your will for my life? How, how, how do you want me to proceed and, and seek him? And, and sometimes, he, you know, he, he just lets you make a decision. And, and, you know, if you're in a good relationship with him, I mean, you don't have, you can make a good decision. That's fine. He doesn't always say, yeah, go to this school or take this job. Sometimes he does. Sometimes, he, but, but just if you're walking in, in holiness and in a right relationship, he's like, you know, make, you know, just choose, go for it, you know. As long as you're walking with me, you'll be fine. As a church, we gather together and we pray for each other and we pray for our community and we pray for our country and we say, Lord, help us. We acknowledge that you're the creator, the sustainer, the, the almighty king, and you rule and you rule in our lives. Even when others don't accept your leadership, we do. So I'm going to invite the team up and they're going to sing a, a fitting song to close our, our, our service uh, Christ is the cornerstone. If Christ's not the cornerstone of your life today, I, I encourage you to, to make that decision to, to follow and to believe in Jesus Christ. Place your life and trust in him. And people, we need to pray for each other. Pray for our community. Pray for those in places of elected leadership. The Bible tells us to do so because they need God's help. They may not realize it, but we do. And our responsibility is to say, Lord, help them to find wisdom. Bring godly counsel somewhere into their, into their network so that they can hear from you, even indirectly, Lord. Help your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, that's our prayer, right? And maybe today's the day you start building a different legacy. Not your RSP legacy, not your own personal fame legacy. Understand, the reports and the stuff you're doing now are going to be shredded in 10 years. They'll mean nothing. But when you invest in people, that won't get shredded. When you step outside yourself and say, oh, I don't have time. You have time. Make time. You'll make time for the things that are important to you. And Jesus says, go and make disciples. The people of, of this time weren't spreading out and multiplying filling the earth. In our day and age, Jesus says, go and make disciples. Don't sit still. Don't close your door. Don't block people out. Invite people in and invest and pour your life out for the sake of Jesus Christ. Find his legacy. And you'll discover a life that's fulfilling, satisfying, and worth living. Would you pray with me as we prepare to sing our final song? Lord, I know you want to work through these this congregation and through each of the people here, including myself. And we pray that our plans would not be made without your counsel, 
without consideration to your will and to your way. Help our homes to be places where your name is held in the highest honor and regard. And a desire to please you and to walk in your ways would just permeate our lives. May our youth and children and young adults, Lord, discover what that means. Those of us over 40, Lord, help us to begin to leave a legacy which is built upon your name, the name of Jesus Christ. Open doors for us to just invest and disciple people in Jesus' name. And I do pray for our elected officials in our city, in our provinces, and in our country, Lord. You have, you have answered prayer already, and, and we continue to pray, Lord, just for freedom, for churches to grow, for people to receive the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ and to find their security in you alone. And so may we be at that place today. You are our source of strength and security. We trust in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I pray the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with us, would unify us, would draw us together, fill us with faith this week, O oh Lord, that we may walk with you and with one another unity and love, Lord. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and everybody said,